And now, ladies and gentlemen, right to your host of Down the Garden Path, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing. Welcome to Down the Garden Path, where we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down to Earth Landscape Design, and with me is my co-host and co-author, Matthew Dressing. Hello, Matt. Hello, Joanne, and good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it's important and possible to have great gardens, which are sustainable and low maintenance, and we want to help you make it happen. That's right, and in the final uh, live episode of Down the Garden Path this season, um, and with Christmas fast approaching, tonight we'll tackle the question of buying Live trees versus fake trees or everlasting sometimes. I think it's a nicer way to call them everlasting <laughs> yes. as we compare the pros and cons and dilemmas of both. Um, so which tree do you put up in your house? Which do you think is better, real or fake? We'd love to hear from you. Send your questions to down the garden path podcast at hotmail.com. That's right. So what type of tree do you put up every year? We have an ever, I'd like to think of it as an everlasting as opposed to fake, but uh, yeah, I mean, there is not, I mean, I love the look and the idea of a, a real tree, but, um, and we can talk about, there's so many pros and cons both ways, right? But we do have a pre-lit um, artificial tree. Nice. How about you? Yeah, we always cut a, uh, or go buy a pre-cut live balsam fir is our tree of choice however having said that um, we do have two everlasting pencil trees that run down a hall because they just tuck into corners nicely yeah because um, we have so many decorations and whatever uh, and then this year we actually uh, adopted or got our my parents old everlasting tree they just wanted a new ready for a new one tree. a different look <laughs> yeah so now I have a, another tree up um filled with ornaments so uh, are they all up are you up they're they're all up they're all <laughs> up and then i actually have an everlasting tree of nanas as well um which like dits bears climbing up that she really loved so all in all I, it's a five tree uh christmas in my household uh, wow <laughs> ornaments and that's not even counting tabletops and other little ones so christmas 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 <laughs> Oh Crazy. my goodness. So did you get your real one then? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. We are going to go this week to get that. <coughs> okay. Sure. So then that will be a six or that was that included in the five? But, yeah, that'll be the fifth. Of the, oh, okay. Of the big one. Okay. All right. <laughs> so lots of trees. Yeah. 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 Um, oh yeah. And I think it's one of those things that the topics always, um, you know, I think people like falter back and forth. Right. And I think, you know, speaking to the live trees, um, there may be people who think it is not environmentally sound to be, quote unquote, cutting down trees, right? That's right. That's right. But it actually is. And there's a lot of thought and effort that goes into that. So which one would you like to attack first? We're going to go for everlasting, our pretty way of saying fake and artificial. Or do we want to dive into all things live trees? 
Let's deal with live. Let's go for live. Just as we start our conversation, we've got Eric has written in um, a down the garden path. I'm so lazy. Fake trees. I even have a plastic big bag enough that I keep my decorations on the tree and just put the bag over it and still <gasps> voila, voila. No Done way. Next year. <laughs> Eric, no way. Oh my gosh. That is, that's cool. Well done, Eric, uh, that you have that huge, huge tree. Uh, and just and that you must it, have right? the storage space because yes. I'm thinking like I have to break my everlasting tree up into three pieces to get it back in the <laughs> box. And then that box is takes up a lot of space and storage. So kudos to you, Eric. Um, that's kind of brilliant. I might even say that to my, I don't know that we have any place for it though. Like, I don't know. Right? I think my husband would like that idea. Although he doesn't do the decorating. So, uh, you know, I try, he did do some decorating to this year. But uh, yeah, interesting. Um, so the live one is interesting because I think people do think that they are being more environmentally friendly by getting an everlasting one because, oh my gosh, we're cutting down trees for Christmas trees. Um, but really they're grown for Christmas trees, right? We're not cutting a forest down. Right, right. We're cutting trees that are on a tree farm, specifically grown cut down and harvested and then replanted every single year for Christmas trees. So we are not wildly clear cutting mountainsides or hillsides <laughs> or fields. We have specific trees and seedlings that farms will plant every year. And for every tree that is cut and harvested, we are seeing farms place one to three trees or new seedlings transplanted out into that field. So your one is going to equal one to three more for, mm -hmm. for, for following years. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So they're planted a long time too. So on average, I would often get the question at the garden center on average, depending on the species, our Christmas trees are going to grow up to 15 years out in the field for harvest. And that's wow. depending on size and species, right? But the average one, uh, you know, that's six to seven or eight foot, we're going to see anywhere from seven to 10 years. Um, yeah. So our trees are only seven to 10 years, but yeah, they're definitely reused um, or sorry, grown for that purpose. Yeah. Also a lot of places in Canada and the United States have full blown Christmas tree recycling program. So right now um, a lot of the provinces, there are local ones where you can go right up into the provincial dump sites and there's a specific Christmas tree area where they can be recycled and turned into municipal mulch. Same thing in the States. Uh, the States have up to, uh, or over about 4,000, I think I recently read, 4,000 Christmas tree recycle programs um, across the nation. So it's not just a dump to the edge. There's definitely purposes in an afterlife for our Christmas tree. Right, right. And you can do that personally, too. I know um, our, our dear friend Nancy Green, who who will, um, it, she gets a real one every year. So she does go and get a 12 foot balsam fir. Um, and then she puts it in her backyard. And the birds and the critters and everybody has a party in it um, till the spring until it's basically then mulch. And she kind of breaks it up and places it around the garden. Yeah. So, so yeah, so she kind of does that herself. And I know a lot of our listeners do, and I've, I've seen a lot of gardeners and from different gardener groups do that as well. Yeah. And that's something people forget too, is that huge field that we're growing our new fresh cut Christmas trees, right? That's all space for insects and wildlife and birds and 
all of that to live and grow and continue uh, to do their own life cycle. So it's a huge habitat that we're mm-hmm. restoring and cycling through for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there is uh, some, I was doing some reading um, prior to the show about the expense though. So I think that's where it becomes a little tricky is how to, how to know, like if you're saving money by doing, cause everlasting trees are expensive, but more and more um, real trees are getting expensive. So there, I was doing some reading about there is a shortage because, and really it's climate change. They're not, you know, you said the average is seven years, but because we haven't, we've been in a drought um, for the last couple of years, even in the winter, you know, our, our snow cover hasn't been like it used to be when we were kids. Yeah. Well, I say when I was kids, you're younger than <laughs> I am, but <laughs> you know, um, so some of the farmers, like the trees are just not growing and they're not able, almost like any other crop, right? They're not harvesting the same amount that they usually harvest. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Like, just like you said, with the massive size of these farms and the space these trees need, these saplings are not irrigated individually. Yeah. A lot of the farms, right, they rely on regular rainfall. Yeah, Mother Nature. Right. So with drought or harsh winter or even these animals, um, you know, you could lose, a farm could lose up to 15 plus percent of their crop every year. So there's trees lost. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like you said, with climate change, right, all the drought, uh, the even just the soil starting to erode and change. So we're seeing the, the growing conditions themselves are gone. And also just even in Canada, uh, in the last five years, between 2016 and 2021, over 500 Christmas tree farms have vanished. Same thing in the States. They're just completely, yeah, we, I think we probably read the same article. I think it was CBC or CTV, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And overall, the prices this year are going up of 10 to 12%. Mm-hmm. And it's the climate change. And then we're also seeing fertilizer, fuel, right? Fertilizer. Like all those things. Because um, yeah. some way I'm trying to think the family, the Brennan family, who've been doing it for 40 years, said, you know, it used to be, they used to be 10 cents. The plugs used to be 10 cents yeah. for a tree. And now they're $1.50. Now $1.50 still sounds pretty cheap, but those are little tiny things, right? And that, and yeah. when you're planting, you know, hundreds of thousands of them. thousand, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's that's a lot. So um so yeah, so it was really really interesting research. We both did the same research for the show, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, we both read that article. <laughs> awesome. Yes. So there's lots that go into the the Christmas tree and that's why we're seeing all of these prices. Um this year the average um price for a real tree is about 85 or 86 dollars mm-hmm. US. Or depending again on who it is, that always factors into it, about $116 Canadian um, with Fraser fur being your, mm. obviously, and the Nordman furs being your most expensive in okay. that group. Yeah. Yeah. So, we mentioned balsam fur, but mm-hmm. there are a few other types. So balsam fur is one of our main Christmas trees. We're going to see it for the scent is the main uh, feature yeah. of your balsam fur, those flat needles medium dark green uh, again a very heavy drinker balsams love to drink water so make sure you're keeping it watered and we have some moderate longevity but we see things like our Fraser, which is still one of the most popular trees with that dark green needle that bright blue undercast um, <clears throat> has a minor scent so it trades the scent uh, but it has a great needle retention so if you're worried about a mess of a live tree and the upkeep of it i mean we're always going to have to water 
uh, but we do have a greater needle retention with our <laughs> Fraser and our Nordman furs, things like that. Okay. Yeah, there's also a couple other ones we'll often see. Obviously, the Scots pine, uh, light pine scent, good needle retention, kind of that blue-green, that prickly uh, pine that we always have out there. But then watch out for the white pine. is another popular pine yeah. uh, that you can see out there. But yeah. note, too, it, it's not naturally that dark green. A lot of mm-hmm. the garden centers or places that you'll find, unless you're cutting it down, if you're buying it retail, they're often spraying the trees with an organic dye. Yeah, to really? give it a really dark, dark green. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people complain that that silvery, light silvery blue green almost looks too diseased. Um, or oh, it looks malnourished. Yeah. So they <laughs> I thought you were going to say it looks like a fake that. tree. <laughs> Yeah, look like a big tree. Yeah. Why is my tree dead already? Yeah, exactly, exactly. When we did get them when we were first married and, and the kids were little and we, we did the whole cut the tree, cut our own trees down, um, which is not any fun, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> that's not. But uh, um, we liked the pine. So we, it is higher. to The other trick about the pine tree is that it's harder to hang ornaments because the the needles, the branches are much softer, right? Especially on the white pine, yeah. And then the Scots mm. pine has a little bit of a thicker branch, but the needles are so clustered there and they're sharp. Um, and it makes a very dense outer layer of needles. So when you get it hung in there, it can uh, it can be hard to hang. So that's yes. definitely one of the considerations when you're picking uh, your Christmas tree, right? What kind of ornaments, what kind of look do you want? And that's why we ended up picking, uh, we have a balsam fir, but we... Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a Hallmark family. Um, <laughs> I get it from my mom, honestly, but we love the bigger Hallmark ornaments, you know, the the series mm. and stuff. And some of the okay. balsams and the pines, they just don't hold them. So we yeah. have a couple extra trees. <laughs> I see. I see. So that is good. Um, so yeah, the um, Ray is written in and he says that he actually works for tr- Christmas Tree Farm and it is the best thing for the soil to stay healthy after we cut down the t- Christmas trees down the trees for Christmas, it is good for the soil to, to rotate the growth of these trees in the field. So cutting them down is good. And he also has a cousin that has a fake tree and he keeps the tree decorated when he stores it. He purchased a very large Christmas tree bag online to shove over the tree and he stores it that way. It works amazingly well. So yeah. So yeah. So thank you, Ray. And that is cool to know that you're working at Christmas tree farm. And um, do people, I'm wondering, is that still a thing to go and cut your own as well? Cause that's like a, a different kind of Christmas tree farm, right? Like some that you're going and you're picking them that are already cut down and, and kind of stacked. And I think of the Boy Scouts, right? Or typically um, something like that. And I know garden centers have them, you know, they would purchase them from a, uh, um, a tree farm, but then they have them for sale at a garden center. Yeah. So you tend to have the bigger ones that will sell or export trees. Um, they're the wholesalers or they provide commercial trees. And then you have much like the one, I forget the name, uh, from the article that we read, uh, but they're just over in Bowmanville, if I'm remembering Brennan, correctly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and they're more of a cut your own lot. So they're doing a lot of the same practices where they're replanting trees, et cetera, um, and have blocks of trees available. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, Powell. So Powell, yeah, George Powell, George and his wife, Marianne Powell, they've been oh. growing trees on the Cut Your Own Farm in Bowmanville for more than 40 years. Shirley Brennan is the exec- executive director of Canadian Christmas Tree Association. So sorry to mix up those two names. But oh, just yeah. so we're being clear, that's great to know. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So that is uh, interesting. 
It is always very interesting. And uh, Canada in 2021, uh, a fun Christmas stat, uh, exported over 2.4 million fresh cut trees in, in 2001. And 97% of them just went south into the States. <laughs> really? That's interesting, yeah. eh? Because you would think they would have more than we have. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. but but not really, because I guess they have many states that are too, that are too um, warm to grow, right? Right. They have a lot of warmer states. Yep. And they have a different topography and soil and, and stuff like that. So yeah, um, up here in Canada, it's Ontario, Quebec, Saskatchewan, British Columbia, and some of the Maritimes as well. And in the U.S., the top growing states usually are Oregon, North Carolina, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Washington. So lots of people growing uh, lots of Christmas trees. Okay. Um, you know who isn't? Did you find your research about um, Ikea? Did you get? No, did you... what is Ikea doing with Christmas yeah, trees? Yeah, so um, why isn't <laughs> this kind of funny? It kind of contradicts what we just said. So what? Um, so basically this year they've chosen not to sell <clears throat> real trees because the brand is going environmentally friendly. So, um, Interesting. I know, I know. So although the article doesn't say... Uh, That's my first question is it sounds like if they're not going live trees as, art and, or as environmentally friendly because you can regenerate them and have those regenerative agricultural practices, how is the creating the everlasting... Um, yeah you know what it's not it's not saying so all they said was why isn't ikea selling christmas trees this year and it says they chose not to sell christmas trees this year because the brand is going environmentally friendly so not so sorry it doesn't say whether that means they're not selling everlasting or they're not selling real sorry so let me just you know make an ambiguous comment on the show i'm sorry Is anybody from Ikea listing? Could you clarify? Um, (laughs) So there you go. Or anybody who's been to Ikea lately, you can clarify maybe. (laughs) We'd love it. Some support here. Sorry. So talk about on-site during show uh, research. So there you go. Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, A couple other things important if you're doing your live Christmas trees. One of the main questions we often get is, do we need a fresh cut on mm. the Christmas tree? And the answer is a resounding yes. You do need to always give your Christmas tree a fresh cut. You do not need to give it a huge fresh cut. Half an inch is more than adequate. What we want to do is just reopen the phloem and the xylem so we get that water to come out um, and rehydrate that water. I've also had the question, well, can I cut it on an angle <clears throat> to get more surface area? And the answer is no, because <laughs> the main reason is your angled cut, your water level is going to drop down, right, at the top mm. of that angle. But then the flow in the xylem are going to still try to pull. They're going to pull air. And now you uh, get air pockets that start to block the, okay. the veins and everything else up there. Okay. Always right. a fresh cut. On- so when you say that, so if they cut it at the garden center... And then you like spend the day and whatever. And then by the time you get home and then you put it outside for a couple of days, wait for the weekend to set it up. Do you still need to make, you need a new cut. Okay. New cut. So if you're going to leave it outside to keep it cool because you're waiting for that sort of thing, family event or kids, you don't get a fresh cut there, but get one at home. When you get the fresh cut, you've at most pushing it, you've got six hours, but the best window is zero to three hours. 
Yeah. And then you start to have the sap heal over, but you also then again, you've got air exposed there as well. So you get some air oh, bubbles okay. and okay. things which can affect. Yeah. And that would kind of cause like needle drop would be one of the things, right? Because not enough water, because we do get that, those questions. And we had one midweek about uh, needle dropping, um, which brings me to, so fresh cut, super important, not letting it dry out. So that container, and I can remember, like, I remember growing up and like, we had the little tree stand that had like, you know, you barely, like you basically watered the floor and like (laughs) 30% of the watering can went in the, in the little metal holder for the tree and the rest went on the floor, right? Underneath, that's what the tree skirts are for, right? To hide all the water that's built (laughs) underneath the tree. Um, But nowadays they're making them much better, uh, the tree stands. So you can make sure that you're putting water, but then you get into, you know, I know people would say, you know, put an aspirin or put some sugar, but the tree preservatives, they really do make a difference, don't they? Yeah. And you know what it is? It's um, an anti-fungicide and bactericide. And it prevents um, those from starting to form crystals and bunches and blocking off uh, the veins of the tree. So it allows the water to continue to pass. It prevents that fermenting of sap stuck in in the ending of the or the deading of the wood. Uh, so, yeah. So fresh tap water is always best to just okay. give it that and doesn't need any food or fertilizer or anything like that. And then, yeah, if you have um, some, I think a miracle grow does one, there's a brand often out in independence called stay fresh, S C A fresh um, that you can also use to keep that tree drinking and encourage that drinking. Yeah. And I always like to use those at the beginning, especially once you get that first drink, Make sure that first uptake of water has a lot of that in it to help break down those spots so that subsequent waters keep flowing uh, through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't need as much throughout the rest of it as you do okay. right in the in the beginning. But it okay. is good to, to hit some up there. Yeah. 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 So Boxing Day, you don't need to add any more Stay Fresh. But uh... <laughs> yeah, you know what? At Boxing Day, I, I don't. And we usually have our balsam. Um, we get it, we're getting it late this year. We usually get it a little earlier in, in the month, but we have ours up till about the 15th of January. Uh, and then it really starts to drop needles. And if you're worried about needle drop, how dry your trees are, you can test them before you buy them. Pull, let the branch come out, grab a lightly or firmly grab your hand and just run it down from the inside of, not the, of like the trunk, but you know, uh, six to eight inches, grab the needles and just firmly pull on them with your hand. When you open your hand, you should at most see one to three needles. If you have a whole bunch of needles after a few pulls in different spots and each time has needles, they're dry, they're ready to drop because we think that, you know, they've cut them right there and they've shipped them. All of these trees have been cut in August and September when Mm. they're out in the field and they're drinking to go overwinter themselves. They're drawing up the water and the nutrients and they're preparing to uh, support their roots and go dormant so we cut them while they're trapped with water whereas if you go and cut to your own cut tree right out in the field like in bowmanville mm-hmm. um, and i have bought from that farm and we had a mm-hmm. quality tree so i don't mean to be knocking no, no. This. yeah for sure right but in biologically the tree has pushed its water down into its roots it's stored to go over winter so you tend to have typically a drier tree that way mm-hmm. yeah so there's your fresh cut versus cutting your own um, they're cut at a point in their life cycle where they're trapping that water in. That's how they last that long. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. We, 
I have piles of questions. All right, <laughs> let's go. Coming in, we have lots of questions. Who do we have here? Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, I see Cindy. We have, hi, Joanne and Matt, if I buy a living tree from my home, for my home, which I do about the pot, uh, the soil in my house to prevent any critters from making a home in my house. And then should I put the tree outside for the winter? So this is one of the things I think we have on our- It's a fir, it's a fir. Oh, sorry, I didn't read that. Thank you, thank it's you, Joanne, okay. sorry, Cindy. Uh, it is a fir tree, yes. So we were gonna talk about that as we go. Uh, one of the things, speaking about live Christmas trees is there's a lot of, programs out there where you can rent uh, your own potted Christmas tree and then return them to the people. This is very popular as I've understood in the UK uh, and is picking up here as well. So if you do have a living tree in a pot, um, you do have a window when you can keep it inside and then you have to put it back outside um, or you're stuck with it all year until the spring comes. So you usually have a window of about 10 days for it to come in from the outside, to be decorated and Christmasized, and then put back outside. So okay. what it'll do is it's cooled off and it's adapted, but now you're warming it up again. So it's a little bit of a warm spell. If it's longer mm -hmm. than 10 days, two weeks-ish, she's gonna fully adapt. And then it's like putting our house plants out. They're gonna shock. It's gonna be, yeah. they've adapted, they've warmed up, they're ready to go again. And the spike to minus three or whatever is gonna hurt them. So you mm. only have that seven to 10 day window. And okay. then you do want to put it outside, make sure it's watered first and put it in a wind protected area. Okay, so that's, yeah. Cindy's question, hopefully to protect it, you know, you're just watching it as it goes dormant. You keep it well watered. You could put it in a bag as long as it's well watered and nobody should get in there. Or once Cindy, it freezes, nothing should be able to dig in there. Right. The frozen soil. So you yeah. should be, be pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So that's something, yeah. So take a look. Um, uh, we were trying to find someone mm -hmm. for a show for a rent your own tree, but there's a lot of places that you, you know, you rent the tree for the Christmas holidays. They drop it off or you pick it up and then they will come around and, or again, you drop it back off yeah. and uh, you rent the Christmas tree and then it gets planted out in a farm or resold or uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of different things people will do for it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think the one we were trying to get a hold of uh, was in the U.S. So uh, trying to uh, to talk that. So hopefully maybe we'll do that next year um, yeah. as an as a show. Um, Lori has written in and she said, we purchased a beautiful blue spruce tree this year. And my question is this. Is there any way or scientific study that shows you can actually plant. Plant your cut tree back into the ground to grow. We get that question often, don't we, Matt? Can a new root system take place? I would love to have this tree in our yard. Thank you. Oh, Lori, Lori, Lori. Yeah. <laughs> Lori, unfortunately, the answer is no. No. Uh, it is done. Um, you would have to take, uh, to have that tree or propagate that tree, you'd have to take hardwood cuttings uh, in the early winter or late fall, pot them up and overwinter them in a low heat, minimal heat greenhouse, just at around zero or so, uh, and then plant them out the new seedling. So no, the tree does not have that ability to do so. And being mm -hmm. cut and then watered, the tree is very, very stressed already, trying to survive and do its thing. Her last thought is to, to do roots. She'd spend yeah. so much energy, the whole top that you wanted to keep would end up dying and spending itself yeah. in yeah. the attempt. And like you said, so Lori, I don't know if you caught it, the, um, these trees were cut, so it, was, it might be a beautiful blue spruce, but it was cut down 
um, in August. So yeah. it's, you know, and, and even how they grow um, and Ray can maybe speak to this from the Christmas tree farm, they're root pruned. Like they're the ones that are meant and grown for a Christmas tree are treated differently than the ones we would buy at a nursery and put in one of our landscape installations, right? They're root pruned and they're, they're kind of, you know, they're treated a little bit differently too, right? Yeah. They can be grown and fed and other practices that are applied to the tree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But they're not like wrapped in burlap and you know what I mean? Like all the things that happen with those trees that we can put in our yards, uh, the Christmas tree farms handle it differently too. So, um, but yes, it's not, it's unfortunately, I think of like a house plant. We all wish we could just put them in water and then they'll grow roots. Right. Yes. That so, doesn't happen. <laughs> I know, but I enjoy the tree while you have it. Uh, uh, Lori, and, and definitely put it in after you're done with it, put it in your backyard for the critters and, and then you can cut up pieces of it in the, in the spring and, uh, and put them around your other plants. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Christmas boughs make great mulch for overwintering uh, perennials, things like heucheras and, and other perennials that tend to die back or a little edge on your, or kind of a little push in the zone for you. Um, or need a little bit of extra winter protection. They make great to lie over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and Olivia says she is all for real Christmas trees. As we stated, if recycled properly, they make great mulch. We need more natural mulch for our gardens. And these trees do that. Love your show. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Olivia. Thank you for listening. So Merry Christmas, Olivia. Thanks for writing in. Thanks for listening. And thank you, everybody, for joining us here live on Reality Radio 101. If you're just joining us, it's the last live show of the season uh, before we vanish for our Christmas holidays. So wishing you Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone. I'm Matthew Dressing here with my co-host and co-author, Joanne Shaw. And you're listening to Down the Garden Path. Joanne and I enjoy hosting Down the Garden Path each week bringing you interesting and relevant topics to help you achieve a great garden. We learn right along with you from our research and from the guests that join us here on the show. Don't forget you can spend more time with us down the garden path. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at down the garden path podcast is our handle there. And don't forget you can find us on all your favorite podcast providers as well as lots of past content including an episode we just released that we did not air on reality radio 101 we had a lot of questions um, asking us about amaryllis so joanne and i have <clears throat> posted a quick uh, 20 minute extra episode on all of your favorite podcast providers on how to grow and care for your amaryllis so don't forget while you're there, hit that subscribe button to be notified of new content like that individual episode that we have not aired here on Reality Radio 101. <laughs> and don't forget to like, share, and leave us a comment. As always, we love hearing from you, our listeners. Write us anytime with your Christmas questions, plant questions, etc. at Down the Garden Path Podcast at hotmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website. You can find Joanne at www.downthenumber2earth. .ca and myself at www.naturalaffinity.ca. Continuing with some of the questions, um, Karen wrote in, I think we've already touched on it. Can we feed our live trees when we water to help preserve the needles? Thanks, your recipe, please. We don't have, I don't have a specific recipe, um, but the Stay Fresh and the Miracle Grow tree preservative is, <clears throat> is the best thing we need to do. We don't yeah. need to do any like, 
typical fertilizers or, or anything like that. Yes. Yeah. I know like sugar and aspirin and honey or, you know, different things like that. You are be- best uh, wherever you're purchasing your tree from the tree farm or the garden center or the nursery, um, ask them what they recommend. They'll probably have something right there for you. Um, and that is uh, uh, a really important thing to get the tree off to a good start. That's right. Greg also writes in, hello, Garden Show. My family and I prefer a live tree for Christmas, but it's getting so expensive to just purchase a live tree for two or so weeks. I'd rather spend a bit of money for an artificial tree, but have it for many, many years. Thanks for the show tonight. and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you too, Greg. Yeah. Uh, thank you for writing in. We hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas. Yeah, and I think that's where I land, our family lands. I mean, as much as I'd love um, a real tree. And what I do is I, when I buy branches for my outdoor urns, I actually bring in quite a few of those. I make sure I have extra branches that I can bring in for my decorating around my house because I do love the real branches. But the real Christmas tree it yeah we just end up i love the pre-lit aspect of it too so (laughs) um i have to say i love those lights so and the fact that we you know invest in a pretty good one and we know that we'll have it a long time um i do know though as we segue into why you know the pros and cons of an everlasting tree or our official tree is i do know that when they're done they're done and it is uh it is goes to landfill like it is plastic and you know and wires and metal like you know i guess maybe the metal bars could be saved or reused and stuff so i don't know much about um if there's a recycling program for fake trees as well as there is one for (laughs) real trees um so yeah so it's it's a hard issue greg i'm i'm with you there like i know well and you meet people like there's people that well like your parents you said they just you know i'm sure they had that tree how many years right 30 years or so i can't even yeah so forever and now we've got it and we're yes we're still using it so Yes. Yeah, yeah, that is a thing too. Like I'm sure Value Village, like there's there's a different like the life cycle of that tree could be 50 or 60 years, really, right? Um, before, but I know it does inevitably end up in the landfill. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Um, as far as the metal rods, yeah, they probably would be uh, savable, but the the labor into going stripping them and everything, and some of the metals as well. they can have some toxic chemicals or have been known to have not be pure like steel or pure aluminum. They may have contaminants in them. So when you do break them down, they have other noxious things like lead in them as mm. well. So, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, do you know some brand names? Yeah, no, no. Like, because I know from you're working at the garden center and although in the past you dealt with more of the real trees, do you know any brand names of everlasting trees? Um, you know what, they've kind of changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one of the big ones, and they might still be around in the States, Burkana uh, or Burkana, I think it's called. They okay. had a, a wonderful uh, Christmas tree for sure. Um, the Burkanas, they were always very popular in, in the garden center. But yeah, they've, they've started to change as well. They've started to change as well. So I'm sorry, I don't have... Um, any no, I put you on the spot. Name? Sorry about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I eventually started after Burkana left. Um, they just started to become 
you know, Hoffman brought them in or yes. another company that did another thing brought them into their line and sold yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Were- and I'm, a lot of them on the websites just say everlasting, you know, pencil tree with 300 lights and, and that kind of yeah. thing. So they're not really giving a lot of information. I think the other advantage, again, we know the disadvantage, but I think the other advantage is what Greg said about the two weeks. So the advantage with an everlasting tree and lots of people do it, right? Like November 12th, they put the tree up and, 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 and there's a lot of people that have Orthodox Christmases that into January. Um, and so, you know, their tree might be up from, from mid-November until mid-January. So you certainly could not do that with a real tree. Right? I, I, they're, they're pushing it. I, yeah, depending <laughs> on your, your beliefs or your holiday celebration, most certainly, that's going to give you the biggest bang for the buck. However, with the brazier firs, which are the crosses between the balsam and the braziers and the Nordmans, their needle retention is ridiculous. And my example is this. Um, I love to make wreaths from scratch and I use the brazier fir, which was a new fir at the garden center when I got it. I, I know. I haven't heard. Like, did you mention that earlier in the show? I didn't, I didn't catch the brazier. I'm sorry. No, I didn't mention that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But um, I made a live wreath out of it and I hung it up around the, about the first week of December. It finally turned from green to yellow and I threw it out or I'll dismantled it so I kept the frame uh at the beginning of June and that was it yeah in like 2019 I think so we have this live tree that we stay or wilt proofed for yeah this live yes (laughs) no water oh did you did you treat it with wilt proof though I sprayed it with wilt proof so it's an anti-desiccant so it definitely slowed it down Uh, right yeah and then it finally turned so yeah, they're they're so the tree definitely artificials for that for sure, but they are mm-hmm. pushing it with some of them. The new yeah, ones. for sure, for sure. And will proof is something you would use when like a wreath that you can't put in water and that you've kept outside. But we wouldn't use wilt proof um, in on a Christmas tree, would we? That we're bringing inside. You could, but I wouldn't spray it inside. It would mm. be cold and awkward to do it outside. Yeah. And if you end up buying your wilt proof for your Christmas greens, your wreath or or whatever, Mm -hmm. remember it's multi-purpose. You don't just use wilt proof in the winter or in the fall. You can use it in the summer as an anti-desiccant for newly planted perennials, uh, trees and shrubs and other things like that. So, yeah. So keep that in mind. That's a whole other show, right? That's a whole other show. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's right. It is estimated that 80% of all the Christmas trees worldwide come from China, are produced and sent out from China. And then looking at our prices again on average, uh, right about now, our average price is about $122 US or $168.69 Canadian for the average uh, Mm. everlasting tree. I, I think that's pretty low. That's pretty well compared to especially the the real tree, right? That's something yeah. you're doing every single year. And this tree is going to be something that you're going to, it's 167 to, divided by 20, um, right? I mean, yeah. it's less than 16 bucks. A, no, I meant like, yeah. I think 160, that's, that's like a, for a small tree. Like I think with your regular seven foot trees, like I think you're still talking several hundreds of dollars. And again, that comes with, that all comes down to brand and quality where you buy yes, it. Sales, for sure. The number of lights. So many factors. Yeah. Right. Light, light right. tips, all that sort of stuff. Yes. So the average one, the average in the market, if we look at it a whole, that still tends to be where the buying power is in that range. Wow. 
Yeah. Which is surprising because working at the garden center, the Burkanas, I mean, they were, you know, they were seven, eight foot trees with upwards of 1800 lights, molded tips, and they were 800, nine, like eight ninety nine ninety nine. dollars yeah. So, yeah, it totally comes down to, to what we've got for sure. So what do you think some of our main uh, considerations? What are we looking for in our everlasting tree? So when you're going to buy this tree, what are... We talked about lights. Mm -hmm. is, is yours an incandescent or an LED? Do you have a preference? <laughs> I don't know, but I think it's LED because it's fairly recent. So I think it's about three years oh, old. So it's probably LEDs. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think I think the more um, natural looking for me was the was the you know when I was trying to choose them. And I know there's some like people like the white trees or the pink trees or, you know, what I mean, that with a bit more whimsy and and that yeah. the fact that it doesn't necessarily ha it's fake anyway. So it doesn't necessarily have to look like a real tree. You know, yeah. um, some of the ones I just clicked quickly on the garden center um, website and saw some and they're they're artificial, but they come in a pot. So they look like they're um, real, you know, that type of thing. So. Um, I yeah. think for me, it was how the lights are constructed and how the three um, that there are three because, you know, that's a concern that everybody has because we've all back in the day when we were we were lighting our tree ourselves, you know, for sure enough, one light would be out and the whole string would be out. Right. Yes. So that is a concern uh, for pre-lit trees that if the light goes out, you know, what happens? So you would want the ones that say that even if one bulb burns out, it's not going to affect the others. Um, yeah. So that's something, you know, in the fine print there to read. And because um, even more, if you comes with the extras, majority of the new ones, yeah. Are, yeah. Are, are avoid that, that way. Yeah. Yeah. Avoid <clears throat> that way. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So we're reading the instructions as well. What you were saying? No, even if they um, come with, you know, some people are like, oh, well, I've got the extra, they've sent, you know, five extra bulbs or whatever. Oh, yeah, but you're going to like try and find that, you know what I mean? You're yeah. you're going to try and find that, uh, you know, whatever. So yeah. anyway. Um, Always buy yeah. extra bulbs when you buy your tree, because you never know. Yeah. And LEDs are going to be better than those incandescents, because you mm -hmm. don't, they don't overload the ones on the string as they right. go. They'll go and they'll leave the string. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And they don't get hot. Like that was one thing growing mm. up, right? That those bulbs got hot. So the hot. bulbs, the lights have come a long way. Um, so yeah, so I think it's there's a lot of shapes and sizes and different kind of styles. So you certainly can have a little bit more personality when you go with an everlasting tree, I think. Yeah, for sure. Very customizable. Again, I love it because of the ornaments and the things that I can put on my tree to decorate it. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, 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 and and I think your space too, because you, I get you might say it for a real tree, you want to get like a tall, narrow, skinny tree, but that could be like that's a unicorn, right? <laughs> like trying to find that right. Whereas when you've got, if you've got a specific, you know, um, narrow spot or a perfect spot beside the fireplace in your house, but it only would accommodate, you know, uh, a certain like a pencil tree that you mentioned, but you know, nine feet, but high ceilings, nine foot pencil tree. I mean, that's you know, it's screaming to get an, an everlasting tree or a fake tree as opposed to that hunt every year for you know it's hard enough to find a nice tree or a nine foot tree every year but let alone the nine foot skinny tree you know so yes. and that would not be a, a, an inexpensive real tree either so so yeah. yeah and hard to find a real tree with those mm -hmm. dimensions too yeah <laughs> 
for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, and so it just is hard to get over the environmental impact. Like you said, even the fact that they not only the disposal, even if we do have them for 60 years before they end up in the dump, um, but there's that environmental impact of them being shit, like being made in, in China and then, and then, uh, um, you know, shipped to us. So that's a huge environmental impact there as well. Right. Yeah. Cause not only are we rotting it, but it's all the, yeah, the manufacturers, the chemicals, mm-hmm. the smoke, the dyes, all that. Meanwhile, the live trees is pumping out oxygen for you to breathe and uh, filtering your air and water. <laughs> yes. For sure. Yeah. I'm- Oh, Ray has written back again. Thank you, Ray. I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah. So, Ray, he's with me again. Here in the States, we have a recycle program for artificial trees. Yay. Um, And we might hear, Matt, maybe we should have, but they use the metal in different products and the plastic paper combination of the branches is also reused in highway tar paving mixtures. So we are good here for whichever folks choose. Thank you so much, Ray. You have to tell us what state you're in. That would be really helpful. Um, So, yeah, so that is good news. And it's nice to see things are improving, right? Um, Slowly but surely. Yeah, yeah. that there are alternatives and there are ways to kind of feel a little less guilty. So, Greg, you and I are not less guilty now that we've got our everlasting tree uh, (laughs) kind of thing. So that is great. Thank you, Ray. Kelly's also written in and says, uh, my live tree, and it has a picture of it. And Kelly, is that actually your live tree? That It's absolutely stunning. It's got and, beautiful presents. This is like right out of HGTV magazine. I know. Like, and Kelly, not only do you have your Christmas shopping done, but you have the wrap, everything wrapped in like matching wrapping paper. Um, so yeah, <laughs> very envious right now, Kelly. <laughs> right. Karen's um, also sent in that classic joke. Trees for cats. Merry Christmas, cat people. And it's literally a wooden stick with three ornaments on the top. <laughs> yes. Yes. So yeah. true. So yeah. True. And I've seen like other cat trees where it's a it's a small short tree, but it's hung from the ceiling. So it's not, it doesn't reach the ground. So the cats and the cat share is, you know, the bottom of it looking up because the cat can't reach it. That kind of thing. So uh, so yes, the cat people have a bit of uh of a challenge, right? Yes, yes. Luckily, um, my the cats that my parents have they saved they were rescues um, okay. from a barn that was going to be destroyed for at a house that the 407 was coming through for but being wild and they're perfectly adapted now but being wild um, they saw some of their brothers and sisters when they were kittens being taken by the circle of life so they find the Christmas tree is a protective space so they have oh. no interest in going underneath because they know that it's a, like it's a shelter and a, a life-saving uh, space for them. So, whoo! <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is very interesting. Oh, I'm so excited that you mentioned that, um, Ray. And David did write in, and I wrote him back. He said, folks, uh, please remind all your listeners that purchase a live tree to save the ne- any needles that fall off of the tree. Swip- oh, oh, sweep them up and keep them for mulch. Don't just throw them out. Use them. Okay, I missed the mulch part when I asked. I emailed them back and I said, "What? use them for what? So so sorry, you, David, you did say mulch. Um, so yeah, that's true. I mean, the one downside to them is a the, uh, little bit of needle drop you might get inside. Um, but yeah, you can sweep that up. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, and I put that back out in the garden. Yeah, exactly. And if you could even put it out your tree out in the backyard on a tarp. Mm-hmm. Um, so as they did just dry out, you know, as it snowed or wintered, you could collect them all, put them all in there and dispose of the, the wood. 
or the, just the tree itself if, if they're losing that needle that much that bad that, so, that's yeah. right that's right so so i mentioned the the, the term molded tips so oh, yeah if you do want an artificial tree, but you're looking for that realistic look, so what they've done is they've created molded tips. So they've taken the the shape of a fir and pines. Not so much, I haven't seen very many pines, uh, but firs uh, and spruces, and they've taken the mold or they've cast it, and so now they're putting the cast or filling that cast with plastic. So you have all the tips look like a real tree. So you don't just have that little fuzzy papery plastic thing that goes down the branch you all of your tips are molded tips so they look like a tree real tree from afar or from a mm -hmm. you know you're sitting it across the room it looks like yeah. a real tree yeah mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that's something definitely if you love that natural beautiful christmas tree look uh but you don't like that artificialness of it but you love the longevity of the artificial look for something with the molded tips for sure and it'll Excellent. give you that look yeah. And look for ones that do have a lot. I mean, I think you get it. It's a prime example of you get what you pay for. Right. So if you find it on sale for a dollar, you know, $129. Yeah. It's not going to last you the, you know, the 10 plus years that you want it or the 20 plus years. So it really is an investment in finding yes. something that is a, a quality tree um, that looks good. And like, you know, it's come a long way, like you said, with the molded tips and the, and the, the LED lighting, um, and even better tree stands too. Like, yep. you know, they, they used to be a little bit precarious kind of thing. Um, you know, three pieces of metal kind of whatever, but, uh, they're, they're much more substantial now. And, um, uh, so, yeah, so, so I, I think, you know, we've given you kind of both sides of the story and I, and I know most people, um, I'm sure most people have gotten it, had their tree up already, right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, we've had up ours for a long time. Um, our artificial ones, they come out with Macy's Day Parade is our official start for Christmas. Um, so we always do the Macy's okay. Day. Okay. Uh, Ameri yeah. Like American Thanksgiving. So you go yep. with that. Yep. American Thanksgiving. That's your, that's your day. We that's watch fun. the parade and <clears throat> welcome Thanksgiving and watch for Santa. So everything comes up after that. <laughs> Okay. Very well, shortly that's, after that, that is very good. Um, speaking of, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say. Speaking of putting Christmas trees up, I'm wondering if any of our listeners from Boston has seen uh, Nova Scotia's gift to the city of Boston as of yet. Do you, you no. know the story behind? No, the gift? I don't. No, oh, every year Nova Scotia gifts a Christmas tree to the city of Boston. Because okay. of the 1917 Halifax Harbor explosion. So, you, mm. so we had uh, in the Straits going into the city of Halifax in the harbor, a French ship collided that was filled with explosives, collided with a Norwegian ship, uh, and a fire on the French ship caused all of the explosives to go off. Yeah, and so this is, was the largest explosion in man's history before any of the nuclear bombs. It was 2.9 okay. tons of TNT. So uh, Boston, hearing this on the wire, immediately filled a train with medical supplies, personnel, food, all sorts of goods that uh, the city of Halifax uh, needed. 2,000 were killed and over 9,000 were injured. And so they sent a train, which arrived a couple of days later. They had medical personnel to relieve everybody in Halifax and people were 
hadn't slept for days. Yeah. Uh, through the rubble, two blocks were completely leveled in the city and destroyed. So every year, Nova Scotia, as a thank you for Boston's over a hundred years, Nova Scotia picks uh, a tree, yeah. cuts it down and ships it. They cut theirs down on November 16th. This year, okay. it was a 45 foot white spruce from Cape Breton Island in the municipality of Christmas Island. <clears throat> so we mailed them or sent them their, their beautiful tree. And every year there's a lighting ceremony in Boston. Uh, so yeah, so a beautiful oh. little thank you from Canada. Yeah, to it's kind of a tragic States. story, but a nice story all the same, right? It is. They didn't think a thought and they just came north and all they did was was help and just reached out to their neighbors. And I just, that story resonates with me. Two different countries, but neighbors. Mm. And that's what Christmas to me is, yeah. is all about, right? Is, mm. is being with those ones and appreciating the ones around you. So I always love that little Christmas tree story. So yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. And then as we wind down the show, um, we did say for those that might have tuned in later that this is our last live show of the 2022. Um, we will have a show on garden plants, um, a pre-recorded show next week. Uh, right. You know, so uh, your last minute gift ideas and uh, holiday decorating or gift to buy yourself. Who knows? Um that uh, that show we we know you will enjoy it from a couple years ago, um, and then we will be back. We're going to take our little hi our typical January hiatus, um, but look forward to um, yeah the new twenty twenty three. That's right. I think it's a little longer than our typical hiatus at the moment forecasting. We usually come back that first week or second week of January around the twelfth. Um, right after the designers conference yeah but, uh, it might be a little later in January to the beginning of February so just a head don't freak Gary out <laughs> yeah don't freak Gary out help. <laughs> I know I know but uh, we're yeah you can definitely still you know follow us on our social media and we'll be putting out uh, promos and and letting you know when we'll be back so uh, and Gary will as well we'll definitely um, you know watch for it from uh, reality radio 101 um, but, uh, but yeah, we know everybody kind of hunkers down in January and isn't really thinking too much about, uh, gardens. Um, but we will be back. And, uh, when you're starting to think about seeds and wondering what's wrong with your house plants, right? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and keep your, um, show ideas coming. I know many of you have, uh, have been emailing us show ideas and topics you want to hear. Um, we would love that for the next year as we started, you know, in, in this hiatus, we're going to do some planning and, and uh, thinking and, and kind of we've, um, so Gary, like we've been doing this radio show for 10 years. Wow. Uh, Gary has been stuck with me for Monday nights for 10 years. Love it. And Matt has been stuck with me for six years, I think, um, you know, six or seven. Is it seven? It might be seven. Is it seven? I thought it was closer know. to five or six. Who knows? Okay, so then I think it's six. So I think I only did four <laughs> years by myself before Matt joined me full time. So yeah, so that's a lot of shows and it's a lot of topics. And we've had some amazing guests. And uh, yeah, and so we we want to continue to bring you a quality show. So it, it takes a little bit of thinking and and but yeah, don't you think isn't it great when people suggest like the, like the people that suggested uh, listeners that suggested Amaryllis? Um, we just thought it was easier to do it in like a little mini episode um, so, and get it to them as soon as possible. So, uh, so yeah, so we hope we uh, helped you with that. That's right. We love hearing your suggestions and ideas. We love hearing from you and just 
interacting with you all, but letting us know what you guys are thinking about and seeing really keeps us on point so that we can help you deliver um, what's trending or what's on your mind mm-hmm. ahead of the trends. Because there is a difference between Canada and the United States as far as what's trending. Right. Uh, usually takes a couple of years to jump north of the border. So we love yeah. hearing from you guys. most certainly. That's right. And we can't end without our, our hopeless p- uh, p- plug for our own book. So if you are looking for a gift for yourself or for a loved one, uh, we would definitely love for you to consider uh, Down the Garden Path uh, book, a step-by-step guide to your Ontario garden. And even if you're not in, t- in Ontario, it the zones five through eight, uh, they all the topics, all the dates, all the months, all the all the details all still apply. That's right. Like BC, you might just start in February or March versus April and May. So right. lots of relevant information in there for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think with maybe 60 seconds or so, I um, maybe won't sign it off, but I'd just like to take a quick moment and say thank you, everybody, again, for a fantastic year here on Reality Radio 101. Thank you for tuning in to Down the Garden Path. Again, whether you're listening live or listening on the podcast, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Uh, I hope you guys are surrounded by light and love and loved ones. Uh, Enjoy yourself. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. Stay safe and happy. Thank you, Joanne. And thank you, Gary, as well. Uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and happy new year to you. Thank you to both of you. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody. And thank you for just continuing to join us here uh, down the garden path on Reality Radio 101. And a big shout out to Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to Down the Garden Path with your hosts, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing, right here on Reality Radio 101.